welcome to the Food and Beverage Leaders Podcast. I'm Andy Barr, owner of Barr Transportation. We're so glad you joined us today. Now, our mission here is very simple at Barr Transportation. It's to provide you with the most reliable and honest national transportation for your goods, paired with proactive communication throughout the entire life of the load. Now, this podcast is designed exactly for you. It's for sales managers, produce managers, logistics managers, traffic managers, the entire C-suite, anyone else who really wants to perform at the top of their game in this global food and beverage industry. So whether you're big or small, West Coast or East Coast, this podcast is meant for you. Now make sure to stick around at the end of each show and we'll reveal how you can apply to be on the show yourself so you can grow your authority, build partnerships, and help your business boom. Interviews are about 15 to 20 minutes long and I'll leave you with my favorite quote, preparation plus opportunity equals success. That's it. I'll see you on the inside. Enjoy this episode. I'm Ben Cummings, and welcome to this week's episode of Food and Beverage Leaders. I have with me Brian Graham. Brian, how are you? Doing well, Ben. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. So why don't we get started, and you tell me a little bit about your company and who you work for. Yeah, so uh, I'm the president, founder, and owner of Four Day Ray Brewing. Uh, we've been uh, in business since 2016. Uh, we are a production brewery with a restaurant. Um, so we make beer and we have a scratch kitchen. So we feed people as well. So it's, uh, it's a good time. So tell us a little bit about the, the history of your company. How did you get started in it and how did the company itself get started? Yeah, so uh, I started planning uh, back in 2012. Um, my wife was a Sunday um, I think she was just tired of my frustrations with uh, sales jobs I'd had. And so she said, hey, why don't you start a brewery? So, you know, when your spouse tells you and gives you the, you know, the green light to go ahead, um, I definitely jumped on the opportunity. So I took basically four years to plan. So, you know, site selection, um, getting the investment team together. Um, I was a, had been a home brewer for 22 years at the time, um, had been a restaurant owner previously, uh, so, you know, I had some experience and, you know, it wasn't necessarily my uh, my first rodeo, but I had certainly learned a lot from my past experiences, uh, you know, putting this one together. What would you recommend to anybody or any of our listeners that are in that space that are either brewers or they own a restaurant? What's something that maybe mistakes you've made that you can help other people from not making? Yeah, definitely. So um, I mentioned that I had a restaurant before I opened uh, the brewery. So you know, in that endeavor, I just took on too much. Um, you know, you can't do it all by yourself. And I was undercapitalized in, in that in that venture as well. I ended up having to declare bankruptcy and, you know, I lost my home. Um, you know, I just, I just didn't do things the right way and I didn't have um, anybody to consult with. It was a franchise and the franchisor, you know, I didn't really um, have all of their I guess, you know, their, their game plan worked out. And so they were using the franchisees as guinea pigs to try to see, well, what's going to work and what's not. And, you know, and then, you know, there were poor management practices on my part too, that, you know, I also learned about, but uh, you know, to fail is really a good way to learn what you should and shouldn't do, you know, moving forward. So. Who do you, who do you find is your ideal client? I guess being a restaurateur and a brewer, you might have a few different types of clients, but what is your sort of ideal client? Yeah. So we're in Fishers, Indiana, which is a suburb of Indianapolis. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of families in the area uh, where the brewery is located. 
And so for us, being family friendly was really important because a lot of times breweries, you have to be 21 or older to go in. Um, we knew that this was a family focused community. So we wanted to make sure that you know families could come in and enjoy themselves, have a good beer and have good food and do it in a comfortable environment where you know community really is the cornerstone of what we do. And you know, when you're able to bring everyone together, not just adults, but, you know, families and friends um, that promotes that sense of community. And that's that's really what we what we strive to do here. Do you find that that's something that not only your business, but other businesses should look towards opening up their market to say, OK, let's not exclude a large portion to either 21 plus or whatever. Should people be more focused on expanding their clientele? Yeah, I mean, it's been good for us. I think you have to know the audience, you know, and what location you're in. Like if we were downtown Indianapolis, you know, there may be uh, less families. Um, the 21 and older model might work. But um, for us here, knowing that there are so many families around, I mean, it does open up um, a wider audience because, you know, if you do have um, you know, younger parents who have smaller children that just, you know, they can sit in a stroller or whatever and they can relax and have a beer. Uh, we have a dog-friendly patio as well, which uh, attracts a lot of people. So, um, you know, giving people more reason to come in as opposed to excluding people, like you said, you know, it definitely works for us. Now, I have a number of friends who actually brew beer and a lot of people who even have started their own breweries or tried at least. Uh, so do you have any like golden rules that you would say to, OK, here's something that you want to do to be able to move forward, to be able to grow, to become as successful as yourself? Yeah, so when you're doing product selection, it's not always about what you like. Um, you know, we brew several beers that, you know, they're not for me. I wouldn't, you know, go out and search these beers out and, um, you know, consume them on a regular basis. But that's what the majority of our guests and consumers drink. And, you know, we found a niche that, you know, we've got one brand that keeps the lights on and allows us to do, you know, some other creative things. Like you can see the barrels back behind me so we can do some barrel age stuff. But, you know, for the most part, you know, you just need to, um, I think, listen to your customers and guests and try to find out what they want, because, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what you want and you can try to sell whatever it is that you like. Um, but if people aren't buying it, you're not going to stay in business. So listening to your customers and really delivering on what they want, um, you know, that's really the key. Has that ever been a problem where you sort of brew a batch of beer and then it just like, nope, nobody likes it. <laughs> Well, it's really interesting you say that because, you know, we brew things that we like and it will take us forever to get rid of them. And so we, we just brew less of those. And, you know, obviously we like to have beer around that we want to drink. But, you know, if, if people aren't drinking it, obviously we want the product to be fresh. Um, like we have an award winning Belgian quad uh, that we brew with dates. I mean, it's fantastic. But. I mean, up here where we're located, no one really cares. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a great beer, but it's like, all right, well you know, that's guess more for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> more to bottle and just save on the side for yeah, me. Right. Where, where do you see your business moving in the next couple of years? You see expansion or do you see sort of slowly growing at the pace you are? Yeah. So most of the growth that we've had up to this point has been organic. I mean, we, we chose to do it that way. Um, you know, we're not overextended with credit or anything like that. So we're in a really good spot, especially coming out of the pandemic, you know, with all of the, you know, just package uh, part of the market exploding and people drinking off premise. Uh, you know, it's put us in a good spot. We bought a canner last year. So, um, you know, in the building that we're in right now, the restaurant is in the same building as the brewery. And um, from a space constraint, 
you know, we are, we don't have enough room for all the ancillary things that we need to grow. So, you know, we don't have a place to put a truckload of printed cans, um, you know, so that's a way to lower the cost. And, you know, we just don't have anywhere to put it. Um, we're running out of space for the kegs. You know, we can still, you know, we can brew, we could probably package out of here close to 5,000 barrels a year. Um, but we just don't have the space uh, for all of the other things that we need to be able to do that. So I would say in the next couple of years, we're going to need to look at like a true warehouse space uh, where we can, you know, have some of those things and be able to um, you know, have the room that we need to really grow and, and lower the cost that we need to, to, you know, further, you know, gain margin in the business. That'll be awesome to be able to see that expansion. Is yeah. there any, is there any beers that you have in the hopper right now or ones that you're getting started that we can look forward to in the near future? Uh, we just released one. Um, so our number one seller is blood orange blonde. So that mentioned that earlier, it's, you know, not, not necessarily my favorite, but, um, people love it. It's refreshing. We brew it year round. Um, it's a, it's a really great beer and it's not just for craft beer drinkers. We've seen that, you know, n- normal macro drinkers, um, actually like this beer as well. So it gets us outside of the craft market, which is very competitive and, and introduces us to a new audience. So we have a beer that's similar to that. It's um, strawberry lemonade blonde. Um, and so it's uh, slightly tart. So it's very refreshing. Um, our fruited beers are not overly sweet. They're dry. Um, and so you can have more than one of them. It's not like a sweet shandy that you're drinking. It's still a beer at the end of the day with nice you know, fruit notes to it. So um, and then we've been working on our juicy uh, IPA series as well. Uh, we have one that we're releasing this week called Falcon Car Wash. And that beer um, is brewed with all New Zealand hops. So it's lemon, lime, uh, you get some pineapple in there and some tropical flavors. So those have been really well received as well. How many beers do you typically have going at a time? Do you have 10 or 12 or is it you focus on five or six? Yeah, actually. So um, on draft at any one time, we'll have anywhere between like 12 and 16. It just depends on what time of year it is. We usually gear up in the summer because that's when our clientele really does like the fruited styles. So like we'll have, um, you know, we'll be releasing a blueberry this year again. Uh, we haven't had that for a couple of years. So that's kind of a, you know, people just like weekly come in and ask, you know, when are you going to have that beer back? So Soon. that'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we, we also do uh, a beer that we won an award for at um, the Great American Beer Festival. It's called Hot Pink. So it's a strawberry rhubarb jalapeno. Um, and you know, it, obviously the peppers in it are, are very polarizing, but, um, the people that like it really love it. And so, you know, we always get questions about when we're asking, you know, when we're going to be bringing that one back and that's a seasonal for us. It's every July. It's really nice to have those unique ones that people sort of that, that stand out, right. That maybe help you yeah. win something or help you, uh, stand out in, in the market for sure. All right, Brian, where can people find more about you? Can they find you online or where can they visit you even? Oh yeah, for sure. So we're just at fourdayray.com and that's the number four spelled out F-O-U-R-D-A-Y-R-A-Y.com. And then we're on regular social channels. Um, You can pick up our products. Um, We're in grocery stores, uh, liquor stores. Um, Then obviously you can always come to the brewery. Uh, And then we were at, you know, local bars and restaurants. Um, We have distribution representation over, over half of Indiana, I would say. So um, most of that's concentrated in the middle of the state and then we go south a bit. So um, we're working our way down towards Louisville um, into some of the suburbs over there. So um, yeah, we've been, um, 
just chipping away at the state and like I said, conservatively growing to make sure that we can supply all the volume and make sure that our distributors are successful as well. Awesome. So if you are in Indiana or looking for a vacation, I guess, around the area from, uh, I don't, I don't know if you could go adjoining states or if you are looking for a decent beer or a decent night out, definitely go check them out. And everybody, thank you for listening to food and beverage leaders. Thank you, Brian, so very much. Yeah. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate you having me on. Thank you for listening to the Food and Beverage Leaders Podcast. I'm Andy Barr of Bar Transportation. Now, if you are a successful leader in the food and beverage space, believe in your company, and want to share your story, really look no further. All you have to do is go to bartrans, B-A-H-R-T-R-A-N-S.com, forward slash podcast, forward slash apply, to apply to be on the show. Lastly, if you enjoyed listening to our show, please consider sharing the link or screenshot on your social media account. We want to help as many people as possible truly believe education and discussion is where it all starts. Of course, if you know someone that would be a great guest, connect with us and we'll explore to see if it's a good fit. Again, thank you for listening to the Food and Beverage Leaders Podcast. And as always, we'll leave you with our favorite quote, preparation plus opportunity equals success. Now go crush life and we'll see you again soon.